I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to all the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. John and I are very happy today because we get to talk about Psycho Gorman. If you have not seen Psycho Gorman, you're doing yourself a disservice. John and I cannot stop singing its praises. I love the Archduke of Nightmares. <laughs> Hell, if you've listened to this podcast in the past several weeks, then you've heard us talking about it here and there. Uh, we're very excited because with us today, we have the man himself who plays Psycho Gorman, Matthew Nineber. He's going to spill his guts to us in an exclusive interview. All that and more today on High on Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. And now it's time for Screaming Room. And the uh, folks at Shudder sent us the uh, new docuseries, Behind the Monsters. And episode one, uh, which airs this Thursday, will feature on Michael Myers. But overall, the series is Michael Myers, Pinhead, Freddy Krueger, Jason, Chucky, and Candyman. Um, I love the Michael Myers one they did. I wouldn't say necessarily for us, we necessarily learned too much, but it was interesting hearing from James Jude Courtney. Um, and, and you enjoyed it as well, Drew, right? Yeah, I did. And I was actually going to say the same thing that you just did. Um, it's the same thing that I've run into uh, buying Halloween on Blu-ray, like the last four outings that it's come out in different variations. Like none of the extras are commentaries. I'm not learning anything new. So I guess like it was a well, it's well done. It's very well done. It's done in a very uh, classy way and a respectful way and a respectable way. Like it's a very well done docu series, and the episode is 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 really good, especially if you're a Halloween fan. It's it's just hard to like really. Uh, it's really hard for me. I'm not trying to sound conceited. I know you feel the same way. You just said the same thing. It's just it's hard to find something anymore about Halloween where you actually learn something new. So it's more of me just watching a, a nicely done documentary about stuff I already knew about. But that's not to say there isn't going to be stuff in the uh, other episodes that I'm not going to, you know, know stuff of that they might teach me things, you know. I mean, Halloween's our favorite horror movie. You and I have both, like, just consumed so much knowledge that we can on it just because it's our favorite but it was, uh, I would say also, maybe that, that I liked was that they talked more about the psychology behind it, more so than just facts. I mean, I don't know how many times I can hear that it's a William Shatner mask and watch the same Tommy yeah, Lee Wallace right. video of him spray painting the mask. But I will just keep watching it every time. Yeah, like uh, the, the, the best parts were the parts with Christopher Nelson, the makeup effects uh, guy who's doing the uh, new Halloween trilogy and James Jude Courtney and Nick Castle, because that was all stuff like newer stuff. And I don't know as much about these newer movies as Halloween um, 1978. What I did like was that the episode starts and focuses a good chunk of the whole 45 minute episode just on the first Halloween. Um, and then it starts going into the sequels and it kind of goes through the sequels rather fast, but I was surprised that it actually goes into Halloween Kills. I was not expecting it to go that far into the series. So for those of you who haven't seen Halloween Kills yet, and for those of you who did see it, um, it's, you know, it's, no, there's no spoilers in the episode, but it's, it pretty much catches you up on all your history. So it's definitely worth checking out. And yeah, the good, I'd say, first half to three quarters of it was just on the original. Um, yeah, yep. I was surprised they did not 
I mean, I agree with them all, but they didn't have anybody defend Rob Zombie's Halloween. That was what I was going to say, dude. I was going to, I actually was going to bring that up. I was going to say, I know that you're happy because (laughs) they legitimately made a point to focus on everybody shitting on Rob Zombie's Halloween in in a tactful and respectable way. Nonetheless, way more tactful and respectful than you are, my friend. But, 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 but nonetheless, they do shit on Rob Zombie's Halloween, and rightfully so. I mean, they're look, they're not in the same ballpark, and uh, watch the episode to hear what they have to say, because everybody dissects it pretty much the way it is. Um, I understand the love for Rob Zombie's movies, but Rob Zombie's movies do not mix with Halloween. It's just two totally different things. And, uh, you know, apparently... You listeners, hopefully, you know, some of you out there agree with us, but it looks like a lot of this, these people in this documentary agree with us. And I can't remember the lady's name, but she was in the uh, horror noir uh, documentary series. I'm terrible with names. Don't ask yeah. me about that. I'm terrible but with she names. she said it in the most polite way. She said, Rob Zombie's Halloween. 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 <laughs> Rob Zombie's Halloween, if you want a grittier Michael Myers, then that movie's for you. But most of us don't want that. They want to follow the path that the original set. They want to follow the Carpenter Halloween. And yeah, um, I mean, that's yeah, that sums it up fucking right. Yeah, talking about the psychology, uh, I liked what Carpenter said. And he, he, he nailed it, talking about the shape. He doesn't act like a monster. He doesn't move like a monster. And that's what makes him scary. It's not just some guy chasing you. And, like, if you watch the original Halloweens, like, they talk about Nick Castle's movement and just how it's very smooth. The other thing is that if you noticed about his version uh, of Nick Castle playing the shape, uh, they don't talk about it in there. But whenever you watch the movies, his movement is deliberate. There's not a wasted step that Correct. That, that he's taken. Even though he might not, even though he makes those, like, stiff movements... He still knows where he's going, you know what I mean? But it was funny that you brought that up because what I was going to bring up was it cracked me up to hear that uh, Nick Castle thought that he was, you know, had to play some, like, character, and he's over there asking Carpenter, like, what am I supposed to do? And he said Carpenter is, like, bogged down with, like, all these other people asking him 500 questions, and Carpenter just goes, like, for Christ's sake, just go over there and walk. Like, that's all the role was. He was like, just go walk. And yet, like, yeah, it turned I, into I, what it did. I've heard that one, one, one before from uh, Nick Castle, and I like... Also, that Nick Castle doesn't refer to the character as Michael Myers. He said that he wants to be referred to as the Sheep. Yeah, and like absolutely. Jamie Lee said, that's what he's credited as in the original. And now he's he has the credits for the most uh, on-screen Michael Myers with four. He's been Michael Myers the most times. <laughs> yeah, after being away for what forty years. Yeah, rightfully. Well, but here's the thing, though. That dude made twenty-five dollars a day. You know, here's a knowledge nugget for you. That dude, Nick Castle, made $25 a day playing Michael Myers. And that movie went on to gross, I don't even remember the number. My God, it's like, you know, it's millions. Absolutely, it's just millions. And it's like, yeah, the dude deserves to come back and, you know, get some uh, get some comeuppance. I mean, he, he made the character in every movie that has failed in the wake of the first one has done nothing but try to emanate what he did in that first one as the shape so yeah like the whole series has been trying to follow what he did and nobody's done it right but james jude courtney in my opinion so i say yeah let nick castle come back and let him play the role as many times as he need to he is that character he deserves that and um yeah i was gonna say i saw something that i never saw before and i need to go look it up when they were doing a montage of like the publicity for the original halloween back before letterman had the late show and he had like the Conan O'Brien time slot, that later time slot, John Carpenter was, was on there. And I was like, I got to go find this somewhere. 
Like, I never knew he, he made a Letterman appearance. I mean, you never really see Carpenter ever do the talk show. Circuit. That's true. That's true. So I was like, I, I got to see if I can find this on YouTube somewhere. I would definitely watch it. That's for sure. I don't, again, I, I'm, I don't know if it would have anything in it that I, if he'd say anything that I don't already know. I just want to see That's the it. risk, but yeah. Um, that's, it's always worth watching. I would definitely check that out, especially for that type of an event. Like you said, him doing a late show carpenter doesn't seem like the late show type, but then again, he was a lot, a lot younger back then had a lot more going on in his career too. He wasn't as like relaxed and comfortable just rolling in his money. <laughs> and, uh, I was going to say, they, uh, also talk about a lot of the sequels on there and they really don't give any love to any of them really outside of, I'd say two, they I mean, they basically skip over three because Michael's not in it. They just kind of briefly mention it. But, I mean, they talk about six. They talk about resurrection. I forget who it was that said when Buster Rhymes hit, hit the <laughs> spitting kick. That's uh, when I was like, oh, this is dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, But, yeah, it was funny because even though they were talking about that, they, I, I'm not trying again. I don't want to go back to it and dwell on it. But they actually specifically say that the to the fans to fans of the original uh halloween and halloween films the low point of the series is the rob zombie movies especially <laughs> too and i mean i can't disagree but i will say um and i'm gonna say it again i still think rob zombie's halloween is better than halloween six that is the only halloween movie that i would put a rob zombie movie above and that just goes to show you how much i hate part six because i just i have no love for the rob zombie remake I mean, Anya Staley would totally disagree with you, but I mean, some of her opinions were kind of all over the place. <laughs> she talked about how she loved Carpenter's version because she complained about the Rob Zombie ones and were saying about like, you know, people want it less. That's what made the Carpenter one so good. Yeah. But then she talks about part six and says, I know the rules are you're not supposed to explain the monster. I get it. Lovecraft said it. Stephen King said it. I totally get it. I don't care. Uh, she continues, I like it if the monster's involved in cults. When horror can lean into that, when they can tap into that, I'm into it. I dig that. <laughs> that, yeah. that totally baffled me. Like, you went from not liking, you don't want an explanation to a character, but if that character is in a cult, then I'll like the backstory. Like, that's super generic. Like, and also, like, if you get into the producer's cut, I'd imagine she's seen the producer's cut. She seems like a fan of the series like uncle daddy michael like <laughs> it gets even worse like yeah, yeah. just because he's in a cult so he's in a pedophile cult so you like the movie i mean yeah, it's it's uh i mean yeah I, I don't agree with everybody's opinion on there but i mean it's good to see that the people on there actually praise the original and it's funny to hear them bring up about uh completists how there are like the completists out there who just only watch the original i've actually thought about that a couple of times i've actually thought about that like just kind of like scrubbing my mind clean and just saying there's only this one but uh the truth is i just love the character so much that even if the movies are bad i'm just gonna watch them anyway you need uh the men in black pen you can just wipe your memory and then you can just stick with the with the original yeah there you go that would i mean i wish i had yeah i would if I had that pen, I would use it for a lot more than that. <laughs> Let me tell you that right now. Yeah, so, I mean, we were both fans. Uh, next week, uh, the second one is going to be on Candyman. But, uh, I mean, it's really well done. Um, I can't say enough good about it. There's really nothing that stood out to me that I went, ugh. I mean, especially well when it you really get a group is. of four to five people that all say Rob Zombie's Halloween sucks, I'm in. 
All right. Well, I know, I think, I know they're people of high intelligence. I think that with that, we're ready to smoke. So let's get into Strain Rack. And now it's time for Strain Rack, the segment where John and I discuss which strain we're getting wrecked on in each episode. Today, we're smoking a kamikaze. Kamikaze isn't a strain. Well, it might be somewhere. I don't know. It's a bunch of strains. Uh, but yeah, the kamikaze that John and I are smoking is a pre-rolled joint that is packed with some fucking fire. The taste is unpredictable, but the effect is going to send you to the fucking moon. Uh, see, kamikazes are made up of all the weed trimmings and shake that's left over at the end of the day. So it's multiple strains of top shelf bud all mixed together. These always taste delicious. Spark that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I was thinking, though, hold on. Uh, don't you hate it when you're uh, trying to watch something, but you keep zoning out? Like, because you're so high. Like I'm, like, I'm legit, like, imagining, like, the Psycho Gorman sequel in my head. Probably nothing like what the actual <laughs> fucking film's going to be like. But I'm off making movies in my head, imagining shit, instead of focusing on what I'm doing. And, like, that's what happens when I smoke these. Like, I almost feel like they get the creative juices flowing. And then there's, like, I also hate how when I distract myself, myself from movies... Sometimes, sometimes you got to learn just to like turn off the phone completely. There's, yes. I mean, the problem was like, uh, like for example, the walking dead, when I used to watch that and I started getting towards, it was more towards the part where I was not like on my way out of the series. But, uh, what ended up happening is I would watch, it would be 30 minutes into like a 45 minute episode. And I'd be like, I don't know a fucking thing that has happened in this episode. <laughs> yes, it happens. And then I'll yeah. rewind it and I'll be 20 minutes into my like restart. And I'm like, nah, I still didn't pay attention. And I'm like, I got to put the phone away. Like technology's like made my ADD worse. Like, like I told you, I yep, used to read yep. books all the time. I can't do books. I'll yep. start reading books and I'll start zoning out. I got to do audio books. So yeah, I def <laughs> definitely know what you talk about, about zoning out and, and this shit don't help either. Right. Or I was thinking about like, I hate it when I smoke so much that I just immediately become fatigued and just ruin like my, all of my night plan, my night's plans. Like, um, yes. it, it's, it's never done on purpose, you know, but it happens where like, I'll have, I'll plan to do a movie marathon. We'll be like, I'm going to fucking stay up late and eat some pizza and popcorn and, you know, drink a ton of soda and just be totally unhealthy smoke a ton of weed That's a normal and then for me <laughs> and then like i'll end up making it through like maybe half of the first <laughs> film and then i get hit with a weed nap and then i wake up like in the like as the first movie is ending to put the second one on and go oh shit i still got the bong here and take another bong rip <laughs> or oh man it happened to me last week I forget what i was watching on my phone but uh or i was out of out of my car smoking <laughs> And, uh, dude, I ripped the bong like three times back to back. And I think it was when I, I might've been watching the expanse season one. Oh uh, yeah. That'll be, that's good. Uh, <sighs> dude, that's I just good start to getting a headache halfway through the episode. Cause I smoke too much and I'm like, man, like, and I'm like, I just want to go to bed and I'm like, but there's 20 more minutes left in this episode. Uh, so, although it has happened to me when I was rewatching Sopranos that I, I knew you were going to fucking bring up the Sopranos. <laughs> I fucking fell asleep <laughs> in my car one night watching an episode <laughs> for like three hours. Oh, you told me, did you wake up at like five in the morning in yeah, your car? Yeah, I fell asleep like two 30 and it was like five thirty, five forty-five. <laughs> it's like, it was during summer. So like the light was just starting to come back. <laughs> like, or, I mean the light, the, the sun, sun was coming up. <laughs> Oh man, it's kamikaze fucking me up already. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, all right, man. Well, look, we're getting, we're nice and baked. So uh, why don't you tell me what's going on this week in horror history? This week 
in horror history. So we got a lot of films celebrating anniversaries this week. Uh, when a Stranger Calls, Graveyard Shift, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Shocker, which we might be talking about in an upcoming episode, uh, Saw, uh, Halloween, and Halloween 2, which, I mean... Let's see, we did a Halloween Kills review. We just talked about the Behind the Monsters with Michael Myers, but fuck it, let's talk about Halloween and Halloween 2, too. I mean, it's October, right? Well, first of all, thank you to all you listeners out there for listening to our Halloween Kills review. That thing is fucking killing it in the numbers. I can't believe, we can't believe how well it's doing. That's like... Wow, thank you all for listening. Yeah, um, we just kind of thought that one was going to be like a toss-away episode. Yeah, we just wanted to talk about the movie, and that ended up being huge for us. So well, that toss-away, that sounds terrible, but not one of our normal episodes. Yeah, it's a special episode. We weren't expecting much of it. It was just to like you know get our opinion out there, but you know <laughs> it got a lot of hits. Thank you all for listening. Um, but yeah, to get into celebrating the uh, anniversary of Halloween, hell yeah, man. Uh, you know, it was the success of Assault on Precinct 13 that made Orwenya Blondes reach out to Carpenter because he realized that John could do a good movie for cheap, you know? So Yablons hired Carpenter to do a slasher film, and Carpenter had three stipulations. He wanted his name above the title, total creative control, and final cut. Yablons was happy to meet Carpenter's demands as long as Carpenter changed the title from The Babysitter Murders to Halloween because Yablons wanted it to be a holiday film, and the rest is history. And, uh... God gave him all that because of the amount of money he said he could make the movie on when they went to him for finance. And he said, sure, well, I, I'm sure I'm going to screw it up. But was it 300000 uh, That might sound too much, maybe. I th- it was either 30000 It might have been 30000 honestly, but it could but be 300000 yeah. Somebody's going to fact check. There's a three tell- in there, yeah. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a three <laughs> in there. Anyway, when he went to uh, Mustafa Akkad, he said, sure, if you can make it for that much, you can do whatever you want with the movie. Yeah, right. Well, uh, I'm sure that it's the same way for you, um, but Halloween was the first film that I saw that really scared me. I mean, The Exorcist surpassed it in scares, but in regards to the first film that I saw that truly scared me and chilled me, uh, it was Halloween. And uh, it made, but, but it was also the one that made me come back for more. You know, I was scared, but I wanted to keep watching it. I couldn't describe it, and uh, it didn't make sense. And now, of course, I've come to realize that that's because Halloween gave me that bug. You know what I mean? I would say the Universal Monster scared me as a kid, but not in the way that Halloween scared me. Where the Universal Monsters, when I was a kid, when the movie was over, I wasn't scared. They never scared me. I was never scared. I thought I they mean, were I'm cool. I mean, I'm talking about, I'm I thought talking they were about cool, when I'm but like I was never scared. three. Like, I mean, real young. It was, it was my first introduction. I mean, it's pretty tame to introduce kids. At three, I understand, yeah. So, like, The Mummy was kind of creepy when I was a kid, and I remember that. Not Frankenstein, uh, and not Dracula. I don't know why. It was just The Mummy, I think, because all the ancient Egyptian stuff. But, like, as soon as the movie was over, I wasn't scared. Halloween was over, and that shit stayed with me. That's what I'm saying. And- like... Dude, I don't know how many times I could tell you there was Halloweens when I was super young and Halloween would be on TV. I would be absolutely scared. Like <laughs> As a kid, I could like, I just just felt so anxious. I could feel my heart race, but I keep watching it and I would put uh-huh, it on exactly. even though all it took was the music and I was fucking scared. Well, again, I've mentioned this before, but I used to have a Michael Myers figure and during the day, I fucking adored that thing. It was the, uh, 
18-inch McFarlane figure with the motion-activated sound of Laurie screaming from the at the end of the movie when she's like going house to house asking for help. Um, and man, I stared at that thing all day, admiring it. I remember I had gotten an allowance for like cutting grass and shit, and uh, I went to the mall and Spencer gifts, and I bought that thing. And uh, but but look, when it got dark out, like when it was dark out, and I had to go to sleep, and I had to turn the lights out and everything, and like the, there was a moon in the sky, and it was like legit dark out. Uh, I made it face the wall, and I turned away from it when I slept. Yeah, I can't blame you. Dude, I still can remember. Obviously, I don't remember how young I am, but I can still vividly remember a night that I just couldn't sleep. Every time I closed my eyes, I just saw Michael, like... I, that, that's me with Linda Blair from The Exorcist. Dude, like, I just... Man, I couldn't sleep. Like, Michael messed me up for a while, and then, like, I kept telling myself, but then why do I keep watching this movie? And I remember being... Just the one day, I was like, this doesn't make sense, because I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was like... I want to watch, I want to watch Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, why? I'm just going to get scared later tonight. Like I'm not be able to sleep, but I want to watch it. Like yeah, I man. said, like, uh, like one of my earliest, uh, memories with horror is watching VHS tapes. And one of them was my dad had the recording. I don't know how many times I probably said it of, you know, Halloween one, one through three on VHS. So I only had the TV version for the longest time. But in fairness, you're not really losing a whole lot watching the TV version. Yeah, the TV edit's really good. I agree. Yeah, and you got extra scenes, which messed me up when I actually went and saw Halloween because I grew up only watching that VHS. I never actually owned the movie. So you were like, where's all these? Where's the scene with Laurie, like in the towel? I know you were looking for that scene. (laughs) We took Kenny to Brandywine Theater. Uh, Well, not you, me and another friend. I, I don't even think you knew. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know Kenny then, but, uh, Anyway, it's irrelevant. We, uh, we we went to the movies and took Kenny to go see Halloween for the first time. And I remember watching it and they said, you know, before it was a disclaimer, it said that they hadn't updated the technology. It would be like if you had seen the movie in 1978. And I was like, where are all these there's scenes missing from this? And I never knew that there was a TV version until years later when I saw it in theaters and saw the actual original version that these were added in scenes. I wasn't I wasn't uh, sophisticated enough to pick up that these scenes had been added when they shot Halloween two right, two so, years later. Right. As a kid, I was just like, oh, okay, it's all it's all part of the story. Like to me, Halloween one and two came out like together. Like as a kid, I used to just think because that's how I always saw them. I just figured they came out like together. Yeah, now, I mean, which which would never ever happen. No, no, but you know, like Halloween, the original man is is everything that a horror movie should be and could be. It pulled off being effective, scary, and enjoyable. The music in and of itself is haunting and gives you the chills. And they did it without gore, showing you that you do not need buckets of blood to make a good, scary movie, and the bad guy gets away. Yeah, uh, ambiguous ending, a big theme of Carpenter movies. I, we, we could sit here and keep talking about Halloween all day, but we'll get into Halloween 2 uh, here. Cool, we, cool. We, 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 we could definitely just keep going on about the original. You made me actually, I made you like Halloween three more and you made me like Halloween two less. <laughs> I always knew the Lori scene was there with, with her and, uh, crawling, but I, yeah. I never really thought about it until you mentioned it. Well, well, yeah. Like, I mean, there is the whole, yeah, the, the, the scene that John is referring to is the scene where Lori's outside the hospital. Yeah, I should explain that better. Yeah, and, and she's you're high. I understand. Um, she's laying where Lori's outside the hospital, and uh, Loomis 
and Miriam and the uh, police officer are walking into the hospital, and she's like, Lori, that is, is like crawling on the uh, concrete in the parking lot, and she's like struggling to like get a whimper out. For some reason, she can't fucking speak in that second. And uh, as soon as uh, Loomis and Miriam and uh, the police officer go through the uh, get into the hospital, Lori lets out a huge scream that they can't hear now that they're in the hospital. And once I pointed that out to John, that seemed to have really wrecked the movie for him. And it's weird because I had mentioned it before that I thought it was weird, but I just never really thought that that kind of does ruin the movie. But what about what's but hold on, but let's talk about the other thing though. Oh no, no, I, I still had something to say about that. Scene. Okay, okay, okay. Um, the other thing I always say is. It's a glass door. How the hell did Loomis and them not hear her? Like, and it was it was quiet out in that scene. There wasn't, it, was it was quiet. There was nobody out there. Everybody's dead in the Correct. hospital. It's dark. They're maybe 15, 20 feet into the building, and she's screaming in the parking lot like you're going to hear something. They're just walking like oblivious until she's banging on the door. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and Jamie Lee had some lungs on her. You know what I mean? That was a shrill scream, definitely. But yeah, let's talk about. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, the, the second thing that you don't like about the film that I pointed out to you, which is uh, The Walk. Yeah, when uh, Michael finally finds Lori and he's chasing her through the hospital, and then when she climbs through that window in the basement, and he swing had her also another thing, is the scalpel with the, like, eraser or whatever's on the tip of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, when he's, yep. like, swinging, or the scalpel. The scalpel, yeah. And it has, like, I don't know, like like a rubber eraser or something on the end of it that yeah. you can clearly see. Yep. Then she crashes to the other side. Michael comes through the door. She's in the elevator. He turns the corner and the door is just opening. She's able to get in there, get the door almost completely closed before Michael has to walk 10 feet. <laughs> maybe. About, maybe. Yeah. And six then feet, also, six and I mean, the, elevator door would have opened back up agreed when it when it went on his hand agreed i don't know maybe the 80s was different maybe or because it's michael because it's michael there's no bumpers on the elevator now maybe but overall two is one of the better sequels no i agree what's your favorite kill mine is uh where the nurse where he comes up behind the nurse and he stabs her in the back and like lifts her up it's and that, that was in the butt. that's what i'll say it was late later or more recently rather made into a meme uh surprise finger in the butt that's absolutely hilarious but yeah, what's your favorite kill? Dude, my favorite, it's early on, the claw hammer to the head. Dude, it's also the sound it makes where oh, it just yeah, makes that yeah. thump just when it hits him in the skull. Yeah, that, that one's brutal. I thought you were going to say the hot tub scene because that's actually a really good one too. Yeah, and apparently, hold on, knowledge nugget for you. <laughs> apparently the pool was very dirty because the girl he kept dunking, uh, the water was cold. And apparently it was filthy, and she ended up getting some kind of, like, infection from it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And got sick from it. I, yeah, I've heard that, yeah. And uh, also a knowledge nugget. I know you know this, but our listeners might not. John Carpenter actually said that uh, he did not want to make a, a sequel. He This was not supposed to happen. Like, he... If you look at his all of his movies, they live... Assault on Precinct 13. He doesn't do sequels. He, he wasn't a sequel guy. He was a one-off <laughs> guy. And... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so there wasn't supposed to be a sequel. He was basically pressured. I don't know if I'd say pressured. He was bribed, I'll say, into... Uh, uh, he was, I believe, sued. They was, were, they was were he going sued? to court over it. I believe there was oh, legal I don't, I didn't, action I don't on it. Okay. Uh, oh, because well, it was in a contract. Well, either way, he, uh, he, was, he basically wrote a sequel at gunpoint. And uh, he was up at 2 in the morning drinking a six-pack and literally could not think of what to do because... 
to me to him the story was over uh so he just goes okay what the hell with it i'll make laurie's sister i mean that's literally how it came about and, and uh that pe- came out right after empire strikes back correct and and the thing about that is though is that uh that makes it a family vendetta so i understand like why he would do that because he did kill judith and everything maybe try to draw like a, a, a connection there but then that makes all the other killings kind of irrelevant if it's a family and vendetta why is he going house to house killing like laurie's friends you know what i mean he didn't do that as a kid he just killed judith so i get why he did it but again my point is just that you can tell that it's forced and that literally at this point in the series just at film two you can tell that they're reaching to continue it carpenter really made a complete film with that first one and that shows yeah and all of our complaints for it again still better than a lot of the ones out there i mean yeah i would okay i would say it's like Let's rank the Halloween movie. Well, actually, no, we did that online. Yeah. Y'all need to look online. Check On our, our Instagram. Instagram. Yes, check that. You, but but I will say... Drew and I did a tier list. So it's not necessarily ranked in order, but they're ranked by uh, like the S-A-B-C-D-E-F. Yep. Uh, I will say uh, Drew only had one in the S. I had two. Well, uh, yeah. That, that came off <laughs> really weird. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Not that there's okay. anything wrong with that. Um, but <laughs> but I don't even remember where I was fucking going with that, man. Anyway, what? what? I don't know. I guess just <laughs> move us along, then. Yeah, I don't know where where the hell we got to, but uh, now it's time for Puff Puff Ass, the segment of the show where Drew and I answer questions that you send us through Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at High on Horror four twenty and through email at highonhorror420 at gmail.com. Yo, man. Puff, puff, pass. I'll start off with a question from a listener named Steve from Bell, California. Steve asks, what's your favorite movie monster, monster or makeup effect? Uh, my favorite movie monster is hands down Godzilla absolutely like no question about it but i'm not gonna do it because we're gonna talk horror today what so Hogzilla, though? technically <laughs> technically it's godzilla but horror wise it's pumpkin head and it always has been um i love the movie as well uh it's my favorite movie monster and my favorite monster movie uh and I, I love the design stan winston was such a fucking beast back in the day man that jurassic park yeah man terminator 2 you know i mean yeah uh t2 still holds up uh, yeah it all does man you know and, and Pumpkinhead was always my favorite like i said uh as far as makeup effects go um i'd have to say the transformation scene in an american werewolf in london takes that one i remember the first time that i saw that movie i was blown away by that transformation scene and honestly god i still am every time that i watch that film um for monster uh just monsters uh pumpkin head's a good one i like the design on that i mean frankenstein from the 30s i mean it's simple but it's effective yeah. uh predator is another good one the one i would pick it's super cliche i think but alien i just love the design of alien i mean that's not it's cliche but it's it's like so, it's, all it's, of it's, it the face hunters, yeah. the eggs the queen all of it no i get how you can say it's cliche uh, but it's not. Sometimes things are cliche for a reason, and that it might seem cliche, but there's no wrong answer in ever saying Alien. That's just facts. That's just facts. Um, yeah. I remember the first time I saw Alien. I was fifth grade, maybe, and I'd never seen it before. It was on Monster Vision. My dad fell asleep, so I'm watching it by myself. And as 
what are you, 10 in fifth grade? I'm sitting here going, this movie's so slow. This movie's so slow. And I'm just like, when am I going to get to see this alien? And then I see the alien and it scared the shit out of me yeah, right. when I was 10. I was like, this is terrifying. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, the, where, uh, especially like at the end when it's on the ship, just like a camouflage on the uh, ship with uh, Ripley. Yeah, that when like you see it move on the wall, you're like, oh my God, that's not just like hoses. That's the fucking alien just Hell, fucking creeping get, up on the wall. I, I get spooked playing Alien Isolation and <laughs> it creeps me out. When, I feel like that creeps me out more than movies is playing the game because I feel like games, I feel like you really immerse yourself in some of those. In the moment, art. whereas you're watching yeah. a moment when, yeah. Like yeah, I'm creeping totally. around the corner, I got the flamethrower out. I'm like, this son of a bitch ain't going to get me. But uh, makeup effect, uh, I would say anything from the thing. I mean, that's, yeah. Oh, uh, man, that's a good With those, like, spaghetti noodles coming out of the dog. <laughs> you know what I'm spaghetti, talking about. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Little sour straws. Little angel hairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing's a great answer, though. Yeah, like I said, anything out of it, I, I, that's that's solid. I mean, that's you can even almost solid. say that for a creature design, too. Absolutely, absolutely. But, I mean, it has multiple designs, really. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, You know, the funny thing is, is that... uh. You know, uh, Rob Bottin did the uh, makeup effects on that film, and I mean, he's a fucking—he's an absolute monster. And he actually uh, took over. We—I just brought up an American Werewolf in London, and Rob Bottin actually took over doing the howling uh, for Rick Baker, while Rick Baker went over and did the makeup effects for an American Werewolf in London, and then Rick Baker went on to win like the Academy Award for best makeup effect. So, uh, yeah, Rob Bottin is Rick Baker's protege and that dude kicks ass. He did all that thing. Like he werewolves. did all the stuff on the thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, also knowledge. Did nugget. An amazing job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, knowledge nugget though. Uh, Rick Baker actually said that the latex on the werewolf face in an American werewolf in London during the transformation, um, the, the latex on the werewolf face tore shortly after they got the take of like the snout extending. So, um, had they not gotten that take when they did and had to reshoot it, the effect would have been ruined because it had a hole in it. Thank you. Uh, well, I mean, let's get on to our uh, second question here. And, uh, that is what's a movie you wish you got to see in theaters when it came out. And that is from Brian and Howie in the Hills, Florida. Howie in the Hills, there is no way. There's no <laughs> way this is real. Hold on. Uh, hold on. I'm getting to get Howie. Wait, Howie in the Hills? Howie in the Hills, That's Florida. <laughs> that sounds this like is, some shady shit. This is a real fucking city. That it was established like <laughs> May 8th, 1925, according to Google from Howie.org. It's incorporated as Howie. And was officially changed to reflect the beautiful rolling hills and sparkling lakes, which he dubbed the Florida Alps. Were you trying to meet <laughs> up, sounds, dogs? Oh man, I'm probably Howie in the some, hills. I'm gonna get some people mad. That sounds redneckish as hell. <laughs> the Florida Alps. Get out of here. Anyway, I guess I'll damn, sh- just uh, going on our fucking listeners. I mean, how you know? Damn, There's man. no way they really live there. <laughs> Oh, it's a real place. Man. It's a real place. I don't buy it though. Um, <laughs> okay. But now since we got to that, let me actually, I'll repeat the question here. What's a movie that we wish we got to see in theaters when it came out? I mean, I could go back to what I just said about makeup effect. The thing that would be a good one. Yeah. Uh, one I've Halloween's an easy answer. I've seen Halloween in theater multiple times. Um, but obviously not when it came out. I'm, I'm not, that's the easy answer. So I'm not going to include that. Um, I'll pick another one. And for me, that would have to be the shining. I would oh. love to have seen that when that came out. 
That's a good one. Yeah, I was going to say Halloween as well, but... uh, I I feel like it's too easy of an answer for us because everybody knows we love Halloween. And we did kind of, like, we didn't see it back in the day, but we did kind of get redemption because I've seen Halloween in theaters now about twice at least i think maybe three times so in fairness i guess i've seen i've seen the shining a couple years ago in theaters so okay well yes maybe maybe i'll think on another one then that i haven't seen in theaters at all well yeah what i was gonna say was the halloween sequels um i would i would have loved to have just i know it sounds crazy because like people in the moment are like oh it's miserable but i would have i would have loved to have been one of those people standing outside in the lines or like wrapped around the block waiting to see all those sequels also evil dead one and two those are good ones. Halloween four, I think of the sequels would be real fun because I mean, Halloween two had a lot of hype between it, uh, had, had a lot of hype for it after the first one, but Michael had been gone for six years and then four comes back. I feel like that, that, that would have been a fun movie to go to. And I like four a little bit more than you do, but that would be a good one. Um, trying to just think of, think of a movie. Cause I think you know what I'm just gonna stick with the thing because I haven't seen that one in theaters. I think I think think I'll go with that one because I saw Shining for was it its 40th or some something anniversary just recently. I saw that in theaters and that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, Candyman would have been. Well, I mean, it's kind of a little like later on, but never mind. Now Candyman. Because I was going to also say Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a great movie, but I was going to say Nightmare on Elm Street, but uh, I saw that at Penn Cinema. Yeah, it was uh, it's where they had uh the beer comp like local beer companies come in and they you get a ticket for like twenty bucks you get to see the movie, there's like free popcorn that you just like scoop out, and they give you two beer tickets. Mm. So I had two beers. Nicole went with me because she loves Freddie. She doesn't drink beer, so I got two beer tickets. And this lady sitting next to me was like, "Oh, you like beer?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And she was like, oh, I don't like beer. So then I had like six beers. Oh, my God. Got to just chill and watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. It was fucking awesome. Just pounding beers. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say that, uh, man, you know, I really wish like if we could uh, go. You had brought up the uh, Men in Black little like pen thing earlier. So I'm going to bring up the click remote from the movie Click, that terrible, that terrible Adam Sandler movie. It's not bad. If there was a way that I could rewind time. I would love to place me and you in a theater in Italy when like Dario Argento's Deep Red played and like it was all in all Italian and you didn't know anything that anybody was fucking saying and we're just listening to basically the crazy soundtrack and watching the crazy deaths just getting fucking baked. I don't know why, but that just sounds amazing to me, the fact that we wouldn't know what they were saying. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny you brought up fucking Jalo because I was just thinking about this the other day because we were talking about how some people have said that Halloween's got a little too violent. It's not like the original one. I mean, not too violent, but more over the top mm-hmm. with the violence. But like you and I were talking and we were like, that wasn't the way movies were in the 70s. They weren't bloody. And then I was thinking, and then later that night I was thinking about that. And I was like, yeah, except for Jalo movies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I would just like to go to Italy, period. I mean, yeah, but but to see like a horror movie back in the day when horror was like respected and had actual good movies coming out, that would have been something cool, you know. Yeah, seventies were good uh, to Italian filmmakers, westerns, and horror movies. Absolutely. Well, uh, all right. Well, don't forget to write in your questions to us on Instagram, 
Facebook and Twitter at High on Horror 420 or email us at High on Horror 420 at gmail.com. Write to us. We love hearing from you. Uh, now it's time to get into our review slash discussion of this week's film, Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman is a 2020 movie that centers around our man, the Archduke of Nightmares, the hunky boy Psycho Gorman, who's unearthed after Mimi and Luke play a game of crazy ball and Mimi is making Luke dig his own grave. They they find the Paraxodyke and they awaken Psycho Gorman. He wants to destroy the world. He talks about some dark things that happened in the other realm. These kids don't care because they have the Paraxodyke and they can control them. Well, let me just say that, uh, John, I have known you a long time. Man, I have known you a long time. And uh, I this is the hardest that I have ever seeing you laugh at a movie i mean like there was points where like i like wasn't laughing and i was looking over because i heard laughter and I, you were just over there giggling by yourself on the fucking couch across the fucking living room um, dude there's so many like and it's not just like what they present it's just like subtle things in the background and other little things that you just noticed that cracked me up like i told you the one when their friend alistair uh becomes a brain mm-hmm. and they're there to play crazy ball and he's just He's in a line, but you just look back and you just see like a serpentine line from where like the wet brain trail is like led up to where he is now. Yeah. Uh, I had actually seen the movie like several times at that point and still didn't notice that when you had pointed that out. Um, but our friend Kenny, uh, flew in late one night. Uh, I'm going to tell the story to our listeners. Our friend Kenny flew in late one night. So, uh, you know, we all got baked. It was like two in the morning. Oh, it was, it, 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 it was late, way back right? from the mic. It was, uh, it was late. Yeah, and uh, so I just randomly suggest, you know, that you guys watch uh, Psycho Gorman, and I'm glad I did, because that was the most fun I've ever had watching a movie with you guys, and uh, <laughs> we were missing dialogue because of how much we were laughing from prior scenes. Uh, it was absolutely insane, like, the three of us laughing like that brings a smile on my face thinking about it. That's one of those things, like, thinking back when I'm an old man, I'm going to think about good times, and believe it or not, watching Psycho Gorman with you two is going to be one of those moments, because that was just a pure, I just enjoyed that so much, and when you can find a movie that really, like, brings everybody together to that point where, like, everybody's just laughing and in a good mood, I mean, come on, man, I love that fucking movie. I, what's there not to like about it? I'm not trying to grease its wheels, but, I mean, it's just badass. It's so much fun. Like, I told you, I was re-watching it uh, yesterday before we recorded it, and I had Nicole watch it for the first time. And she just said, this movie's ridiculous. I said, but you like it, right? And she goes, yeah. It's just, the movie gets more and more ridiculous. And if you try to explain it to somebody that hasn't seen the movie, like the meat sword, like, what? <laughs> I know. Like, I know. <laughs> But once you see it, like it's it's so ridiculous, but it works. It, exactly. And it's just, and then also how how PG and Mimi and Lucas, or I'm sorry, Luke. I mean, he might be Lucas, but how they just play off of each other, where he's like talking about how he's going to bathe in their family's blood, and their friends just like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. All the kids do a great job. Um. Uh, you know, uh, Owen and Nita, who play Luke and Mimi, they do a great job. Also, um, I got to say, 
the dad Greg, played by Adam Brooks. Adam Brooks My is favorite character. fucking hysterical. Uh, the, the fucking flip during the crazy ball at the end of the movie, dude. Do crazy ball and also uh, with the dad. My favorite part is where uh, the mom is now a uh, well. I wouldn't say she is a Templar, but she's been giving the outfit. Mm-hmm. And she's in a battle, and she's yelling to him, and he goes, Oh, I wish I could help you, but I'm just too damn lazy, Susan. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, one of the things that, that I wanted to say about this movie that is really impressive to me is that uh, if you are familiar with the movie, you know. If you're not, check it out. If you go all over social media, uh, and like you know, horror and genre stores, um, there is Psycho Gorman merchandise everywhere, and everybody is talking about this movie. There are, you know, Kickstarters or GoFundMe's for comic books. I mean, it's like the merchandising and the fan base is absolutely crazy. And that's what's funny to me is that when you are trying to describe this movie to someone, it's almost impossible to describe with like without them like losing interest or without them like thinking that it's just absolutely crazy and that they would never watch it. But yet they found a way to market the movie properly. You have so many movies that fail because the studio's like, oh, we didn't know how to market it. Yet with a movie like Psycho Gorman, they knew the marketing, just knew what they were doing, and they nailed it, and they marketed it to the people who got it. Because everybody who watches this movie gets it. You either get it or you don't, but the people who get it really fucking get it. It's almost like the movie was made for, like, for the people who do get it because it just just clicks on on all fronts. It's such an amazing movie. I wanted to... uh bring up something we were talking about uh stan winston from Pumpkinhead, jurassic park yeah what, what about uh psycho gorman dressing up as sam neill's character <laughs> from jurassic park with the hat and then the best part is when they're shooting the bullets and he's doing like the batman like gauntlets. Dark Knight gauntlets <laughs> just like deflecting them and when he's like uh i should have let them shoot you <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, Psycho Gorman himself is played to perfection. Um, I love that he doesn't break character until the very end. The whole movie, he's just ruthless and a dick. But it's made comical because he can't do shit because you know Mimi has the stone. The dark humor and sarcasm in the film is unparalleled. <laughs> I didn't notice it the first time, but rewatching it, I cracked up. Is when Mimi brings him stuff after they make him sleep in was it the garage or yeah whatever. yeah yeah she's bringing him like the magazines i'm not even talking about the hunky boy part uh, but she was like we brought you some videos sorry we didn't have any pornos like what <laughs> like why is she why does she know that <laughs> no um the kids are so funny and that's one of the things is that like they're uh they're in this situation that like they should not be in (laughs) and that's what's so funny is that they're so out of place or rather psycho gorman is so out of place but that's what makes it funny is this this is do you agree with me on this i know it's gory but is it or is it not like a family movie i kind of feel like it's a family movie there's some stuff that can stop it from being a horror or i mean a horror movie a family movie because i thought about that today and i almost said it to nicole and then i picked up some of the language and i'm like "Eh, i guess you couldn't have maybe younger younger kids but it is gory but for the most part it's really wholesome movie yeah like it's crazy because uh the movie is uh it's 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 a story it's almost a story of the grinch in a sense like it almost not not the not in a technical term, but just in the sense that it's, you know, the monster grows a heart. So it, it does definitely... Uh, is this 
love. <laughs> it, it definitely is. A, it, it definitely is a. It can be definitely interpreted as a family film. Um, like like John said, like if you can get past a couple of things, like some a little bit of gore, but it's all done, mind you, lightheartedly. There's nothing where there's ever anybody like getting butchered where you're like, oh my god, my kid shouldn't see this. It's all kind of done in an over the top uh, way. Maybe the meat sword. Uh, maybe okay. That's okay. a little. That's a little okay. rough. I mean, <laughs> but uh, but either way, like yeah. A lot it's... of it, like <clears throat> when he first meets those guys in the garage, he makes them explode. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, you know that that it's 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 just it is kind of wholesome in a sense that uh, it's about you know a monster you know growing a heart, and uh, so it's it's definitely wholesome, and I think that you know it can definitely be it's 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 almost like it pushes the boundary. It's 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 just a fun movie. I think uh. I think that it could definitely go down as a family movie, but I understand those of you who are more strict than what you want your <laughs> children to watch. But I, I feel that this movie is harmless, honestly. I mean, he does go from, I mean, I believe it was Luke mentions about he's going to kill us. And he goes, ha, huh, you would pray for something so simple. So he's made it clear he was going to torture these kids and kill them to apologizing. <laughs> he right, apologized. Right. And I mean, he agreed to spare their lives. Granted, they had to save his life, but then he gives her, he gives her back the gem at the end, though. Yeah, he doesn't need it, you know, because he uh, realized that the, his true power came from within. See, it is wholesome, <laughs> yeah. like I said. It's a good story. It is a good story, and and but before you the get kids. there, <laughs> but before you get there, the in between, that's the fun stuff. I mean, like you just don't see. You just don't see movies like this. Like I said, it's really hard to describe this movie. If it, it, it's 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 there's so many things like so many monsters and creatures, and uh, practical effects. It's just such a good movie. Um, I, I must have seen the movie probably around ten times now, and uh, it cracked me up because I got the uh, Hunky Boy Edition Blu-ray at Monster Mania. <laughs> you were with me, you know, when we went, and uh, I, I forgot to show you, but I actually got a trading card in that set of Biocop. Of your boy Biocop, oh, you I love, love Biocop, <laughs> dude. I, he's the best. <laughs> I, <I'm, laughs> bang bang. I like him and Alistair as the brain. Brain Alistair, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but in regards to this movie, okay, so let's let's go off a checklist here, okay? Again, we're not greasing the wheels. We just we when we when John and I love a movie, we're passionate about movies. Look, if we like it. We're going to give it its just desserts. So let's be real here. Um, directing and cinematography. Check, check. Both good, correct? Yeah. Acting and dialogue. Check, check. Do those... Uh, Nita, is it Josie? Yeah, Nita, Josie, Hannah. And Owen Meyer, like... They both did a phenomenal job. Agreed. For being kid actors. like I mean, actually, just for actors. Uh, makeup effects, humor, music... Oh no, the makeup's terrible. <laughs> Not the, yeah, I mean it checks everything again. Check, 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 right? Okay. So um you even get like fight scenes. Uh what is there to not like about this movie? Look, here's the deal. I never give tens out. I've told you this before. Here's my rule in in rating movies. I never give a movie a 10 right away. To me, I think that that's a jumping gun. That's like getting married overnight. <laughs> that's to be like giving any movie a 10 upon a first impression or even a second impression. That's like getting married overnight to me. That's like a 10 is earned. A 10 is when 
you're five, ten years down the line and you're thinking of a movie and you're like, damn, that thing still held up and it's just as good as it was back in the day. That's a ten. Tens are earned. I don't believe in giving tens out. I think tens happen over time when you see how films hold hold up. Okay. Um, that being said, Psycho Gorman is a nine for me. What would you give it? See, and the other thing is I'm going to give Psycho Gorman a high rating. But also, we've talked about this. I judge a movie for what it is. Correct. It's not trying to be Halloween or A Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a horror comedy. It's self-aware. Yep. And based on, like, as a horror comedy in that genre, yeah, I'd have to give it a nine. Like, I'm entertained. I've watched it three times now. And every time, it's just so entertaining. And like you said, it's ridiculous with the amount of gore that's in it that it feels like a wholesome movie. There's just like that one monster that has no function but to just like shoot blood. Like he just bathes like a Gorman of blood in the middle of the woods. Like what is your purpose? He punches the glass out and just like uh, drains. But the best part is like Psycho Gorman was like visibly in pain from the blood. Yeah, and, and that's and that's a good and that's true. <laughs> that's so true though. Like it did have an effect on him. That's very true. But yeah, um, yeah. There's, uh, I mean, I can't think of like somebody could say like, oh, the effects look cheap or some of the effects look don't look don't hold up or aren't as good as others. And it's like again, the movie's self-aware and it's a funny movie. So those types of things are forgiven in this movie. I think that all the effects are good and all the monsters are good. But if you were to say like that one or two looks a little cheesy or you know that one's not as well done. It's it's a lighthearted, funny movie, so it's kind of forgivable. It's almost like uh, it's almost goofy as opposed to being like just stupid or, or terribly done. So uh, yeah, so nines across the board for John and I. Um, I think I'm done praising this movie. If you are, I wanted to ask you something. What's that? I was talking about this with Nicole watching it. Uh, Pandora. Yeah. When yeah. you break it down, Psycho Gorman's not the bad guy. No, he's not. He just wants to give you a quick death. They want to enslave you for I was like say, he, all he's time. He's fighting oppression. And My I man said, is fighting oppression, legitimately. I said, so, you know, if those are my two options, I'd probably just rather die. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, I guess Mimi kind of points it out when she goes and talks to God, per se, when she prays. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she says, I'm going to go to a battle against to watch evil fight less evil or, mm-hmm. or, more, or more evil. But um, let's talk about when Psycho Gorman walks away. And oh my God. <laughs> it's this heartfelt moment where he gives her the stone and like, you know, if you're ever right. in trouble, like you can call me basically. And then he just goes through this portal and they're all hugging while he's just destroying the <laughs> shit out of whatever city. He just just Iron Manning, like just palming yes. shit, like just holding just his palm out. Explosions everywhere. <laughs> what about that song though, dude? I, I wanted to say the song. Dude, all the songs. The song, but, but no, but this fucking, the song that, that, uh, that Mimi sings, man, the, I'm the heckin' best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, like that shit gets in my head. And dude, the thing it's is. It's so stupid. I know, I know, that's what I was going to say. Like it gets in my head and part of me wants to be mad because I'm like, uh, but then I, but like I'm laughing at the same time, so like I can't be that mad. It's just it's it's awesome. And how it's so does that endearing. qualify as an apology? Yeah, I know, I know. Almost talk about that. It doesn't. She it's, was like, he, she didn't apologize. I mean, she later does through knocking, but well, I mean, look, you're. I mean, all right, look, I'm going to put it all on the table. She literally tells here. him to frig off in the song. So you, <laughs> correct, but look, you're you you know you're practically married. I've been married. What Mimi did, that's about as close to an apology as women give. So, I mean, I guess Luke's going to have to take that one and walk with it. 
And Luke's really the only good person. That's yeah. That is, he's he, he's the only one that yeah. He's actually a good person. And uh, I love when Psycho Gorman's trying to manipulate him and turn him against her. It's just hilarious. Because, I mean, he has a point. He's not wrong. But at the same time, <laughs> he's just trying to manipulate Luke as well so he can use him the same way that Mimi's using him. So Luke's just the fucking, he's just Stretch Armstrong getting pulled in every direction. <laughs> and I just love the reactions. Just the reactions from Psycho Gorman. Like the one time he stands there and then he tries to swipe swipe the gem back from Mimi. And she's like, no, moves his hand. You just hear him go, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I know yeah it's like it's just the it's just the sound effects it's the subtle things this is one of those movies that uh like you had said earlier how like you were laughing at subtle things in the background multiple viewings is just gonna make you notice like more things that you didn't notice in the first viewing so or in the second or third viewing there's always more to catch so uh like i said i uh no joke man no joke i said this to you the night that i asked you to watch it with kenny and i like you know when we were all together that shit was uh i i'm serious i'm thinking back to every movie i'm thinking back to every movie that i like in recent memory i'm thinking back to halloween 2018 um i mean like i'm, I'm thinking back to every movie that i can possibly think of recently and i'm telling you that within the last five years you know what? Let me put it to you this way. This is how I'm going to put it. I have not rewatched a movie this much or have had a movie be as rewatchable as Psycho Gorman since Shaun of the Dead. I don't know. You, There was a lot of Child's Play 2 viewings. But how long has that movie been out versus Psycho Gorman catching up quickly? Yeah, I mean, you have been watching Psycho Gorman a lot. I've only I've only watched it like three times. It's just so rewatchable, though. Like, isn't it one of those movies where I kind of want to watch it right now? Exactly, it's one of those ones we could put on right now while we're doing this commentary. And I guarantee you, if we looked up at the screen, there'd be something making us smile. Dude, it's so good. And like, the other thing is the fight scenes. I mean, as much restriction as they had in their suits, I mean, the fight scenes turned out good. They turned out great. They did. And what's your favorite line? <laughs> okay so there's a lot but the one that comes to my mind every time i guess it's going to be cliche but it's i do not care for hunky boys or do i <laughs> that's got to be the one i mean mine is hunky boys but it's when he's fighting pandora and the blood <laughs> spills on the magazine and he just yells not my hunky boys <laughs> with, the meat he sword? Just with like a super spin slash <laughs> oh man this shit's so great i think we're gonna have to watch it when we wrap this up yeah and now it's time for Burn and Learn, the segment of the show where Drew and I fill you in on behind-the-scenes facts about the movie we're discussing. And in today's case, that's Psycho Gorman. Oh. Hmm. Burn and Learn. During production of the film, the crew called security on Matthew Nineber due to not knowing what he looked like without the suit. He spent so much time in the suit that no one knew who he was. No one knew who I was till I put on the mask. <laughs> Damn, I think that's our first Bane reference. Uh, PG's planet, uh, Gygax, is a nod to one of the creators of Dungeons & Dragons, Gary Gygax. Zombie Cop originated in 2012 in Steven Kostansky's Biocop short film. If PG's civilian clothes look familiar, as we pointed out earlier, that's because it was Sam Neill's outfit from Jurassic Park. Why they would choose that outfit of all that's outfits. Just right, which, you know, I kind of like the punk rock there, outfit. But it makes sense because it's just a shirt and like 
a handkerchief and a hat, so it's pretty easy, but I just don't know how they got there. But then you see the back of it's all ripped up from like yeah. the spikes on his back. It's out of this world. Um okay, back to it. Uh Steven Kostansky played uh Brain Alistair in the field scene when he's walking away. Uh and like I said earlier, you pointed that slime out to me in that scene. Steven Kostansky said that he wanted to make a movie based on an action figure that he wanted as a kid. So he designed PG to look like an epic toy he wanted as a child. Uh, the Council of Aliens was actually only in one scene in the script. I'm glad they had more scenes, though, because the scenes with the Galactic Council are fucking great. That's Jesse Christensen, executive producer of Psycho Gorman, and all the backyard scenes in the film. This is uh, Nita Josie Hanna's first film and let me say she absolutely fucking kills it right yeah i mean she makes you just think she's a little brat (laughs) uh the epic fight between pg and the paladins obsidian was filmed in just two days all right well now let's talk to the pg himself and take a trip to gygax Our guest today writes, directs, and acts. Most recently, he's the big purple alien from Gygax Psycho Gorman, the true hunky boy. Welcome, Matthew Nineber. Thank you for being on High on Horror. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Uh, we're excited to have you. We're huge Psycho Gorman fans. We're, you know, this is going to be a, this whole episode is dedicated to Psycho Gorman, so it's great to have the man himself here. Um, so, uh, let's, let's start at the beginning. Uh, what made you want to get involved in acting and filmmaking? Uh, I've always been, uh, a fan of movies. Like it's the classic, you know, you watch Jaws, you watch Jurassic Park and then you just, you just get hooked. So I've always wanted to be involved in it. And, uh, I've, whether it's acting, shooting, run around with like swords with my brother as like a high schooler, we just, we just kept on making stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just couldn't get away from it. It just keeps, you know, leveling up. Okay. Well that's, yeah, uh, I understand. So it was, uh, it was something that you knew you wanted to do earlier on and you just kind of, kind of grew into it. So it wasn't something like later in life that you were like, I want to do. It was something that you knew earlier on that you wanted to get involved with. Yeah. It's always been, uh, it's always been the plan. Um, not so much acting, but just being in the film world. I always loved creating and love creating so yeah it's been the plan since i think yeah since i've been 10 hmm. nice well um uh well you co-wrote and directed the uh 2015 science fiction short transference and then adapted it into a feature-length film in 2020 uh can you tell yeah. us how that came about yeah no we uh i had uh, a friend who had an idea for a movie and we decided to make a little short film uh transference the short film and uh we submitted to some festivals we had fun with it and we won a couple festivals we had a couple investors who came on board and said hey uh, would you guys like to make this into a movie and that was like the dream for me so we made a very very ultra low budget film and uh it got international distribution and that started just you know, opening the door for us, we're like, oh, we can make movies. We could actually make a go of this. And again, we're not in any movie industry. Like I have uh, Mennonites and buggies that are passing, you know, my front yard. So we're like not in the film industry at all. So it was a 
kind of a, a dream come true, kind of like, you know, Alice in Wonderland and just kind of falling down and having our eyes open to, hey, we could maybe do this. So. Yeah, that that's great, especially, you know, to to start as a short film and then be able to, you know, uh, make it more full blown, like feature length. You know, that's that's pretty cool to be able to step in there and be like, hey, I can do this again and kind of do it on like a bigger scale, yeah. you know, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, again, um, the dream well, come true absolutely um well as as an actor and a writer and a filmmaker i gotta ask you like what's a big goal of yours that you want to achieve before hanging up your gloves like what's your aspirations in the film industry oh i want to make uh i just want to get really good at telling stories i want to entertain people i want to make something that uh that would stick around like you know terminator 2 uh something that just it just sticks with people and if i can just entertain them i like that would just be the joy to create something I remember uh, watching Terminator 2 and when Arnold Schwarzenegger was going down, he puts that thumbs up as he goes into uh, the molten metal. Like that stuck with me forever. I'm like, if I can make an iconic moment like that for people, I'd be, I'd be very happy. Uh, absolutely and it's funny you bring that up because uh john and i are huge terminator 2 fans and uh it's crazy that people actually think that the thumbs up is cheesy like i'll tell you straight up i think that's the last time i ever cried the last time yeah, i cried that, was, that i could remember that was, was, was when arnold died <laughs> <laughs> i love that moment i i didn't know people thought that was cheesy oh no <laughs> after being scared of him in the first one. Oh, absolutely absolutely well yeah. um all right, so uh, let's get into um, Psycho Gorman, uh, the reason that we asked you here today. I got to ask you, um, what made you agree, agree to say, yeah, I want to be Psycho Gorman and take the role? <laughs> he was like my uh, Power Ranger version of Terminator 2. I was just looking at this guy. I'm like, there's just so many parallels to yeah. uh, this, this character. And I'm like, this might be the closest thing. Uh, obviously, it's a crazy world that it's happening in. But I love, I love the big beast monster that has just uh, succumbed to the um, the orders of a little child, and it just brought me right back. I'm like, this is a completely tw a big twist on on one of the movies I love so much. So that's what really drew it to me is that it uh, it had some of those things that uh, just reminded me of movies that i loved um growing up so again in a very crazy guy gax world that's just like just absolutely insane but there was a lot of things that brought me back to that well uh that's awesome um i i totally understand and uh speaking of children i want to bring up my son abel who is four years old i wanted to tell you that uh he loves psycho gorman i haven't let him see the whole movie because there's a lot of gore in it but man he loves yeah. psycho gorman like my oh, his grandmother so got him it's like a uh it's a, she got him like a purple like uh, dollar store version of a transformer and he thinks it's a psycho gorman toy and he makes that I thing like it. fuck things up like he makes it fight godzilla it. like you know <laughs> and uh and i i told him that i was gonna i told him that i was interviewing you today i was like i'm interviewing you know the guy who, who who wears the costume who plays him and i was trying to explain that to him and i said do you have any questions for him i'll ask him a question for you and he said yeah and i was like and, and it ended up being more of a statement than a question but he said to me <laughs> uh he said tell psycho gorman don't get hurt no more it makes me sad so oh. don't get your ass kicked in the woods anymore <laughs> by a bunch of aliens <laughs> That's right. That's right. I love it. I love it. 
It's so good. And that means so much that he liked the movie. Oh, that's so good. Oh, he loves it. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's like, yeah. he brings it, he wants to watch it more than me. It's crazy. Like, I don't know if he's a bigger fan than I am now. Like, it's, yeah, he loves it. Absolutely. It is such a funny um, movie because there's, like, as you said, there's so much gore, but it's, it's funny gore. Like, it's not, I don't know. Cause I have three boys too, and I've shown them only the trailer, and they keep bugging me to watch the film. I'm like, I don't know. Is this, can I let you watch this? I don't even have a clue. So we'll see. One day we're going to have a movie night. Love a movie night. Yeah, so. it's it's okay. Like there's certain things like I don't let him, you know, watch like the end fight scenes and stuff like that. But like I, I always let him see kind of monster on monster violence. So the wood scene yeah, where you're fighting all the that's okay. It. But like I don't let him see like people yeah. like are you know people getting hurt. So um yeah, I think yeah, that if yeah. you if you edit your own version of it, hit that fast forward, you know, a little bit, you'll be okay. <laughs> <be> so funny. <laughs> the meat sword but, alone. Um, I just want to see what kids think of the meat sword. It's like this is just pure nonsense. Anyway. My son would probably want one. He'd probably be, could you buy me that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about uh, Steven Kostansky. Uh, how was it working with him, dude? He seems like a really chill dude. Steve is so cool. Steve is uh, he's one of a kind, and people say that all the time, but he's really like he packed in everything that he just loved from his childhood into this movie. And uh, when he wrote it, he's just like, I don't think they'll ever let me write this. And if, and if they ever let me, sorry, they'll ever let me make this. And if they do let me make this, I want to put everything in it. And so he was, uh, he was so much fun to work with. Super chill guy. Loves, loves the craft. Obviously he loves monsters. Like you have to understand he stayed up all night long for months at end building all these creatures. And, um, and you go into his apartment now, and it's just full. You have all you have. You have Terminator. You have RoboCop. You have all these creatures all around you of just inspiration. And it's it's kind of like a, a a vault going into his world of just craziness, like absolutely just bonkers. Uh, hanging out with him, but he's yeah, he's a very chill guy. Loves monsters. Loves making movies. And uh, I had a blast working with him. So, have you seen his other films like The Void and Leprechaun Returns? I've seen the void. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Leprechaun Return. Uh, the void blew me away. I was very impressed Excellent with uh, uh, just just the special effects and just how different the void is from Psycho Gorman. Because again, I was trying to get grounding. I'm like, what? Like when I was reading the script, I'm like, I don't. I need to understand the universe that this is in. And when I saw the void, it didn't help me at all. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> this, movie, <laughs> this movie is just so different that than what psycho gorman was but i was very impressed with the practical effects and and what he was doing and and what really amazes me about him is that how he can just jump around in genres or jump around within the genre and uh he could be super serious he was super funny and he's uh he's very good at what he does so yeah he's very versatile that's that's a fact like you said like the void is yeah. very much carp john carpenter-esque like you know it even has the music and then you get the psycho gorman and leprechaun returns and that's just like those are totally different movies you wouldn't even know they were directed by the same guy and then when you know yeah. they are and like that he did like the makeup effects on them too you're like holy shit yeah yeah and that's that was the crazy thing um well uh how does it uh feel to see you know psycho gorman being so popular amongst fans you know all the shirts coming out you know uh the merchandise like toys and there's a comic book coming out like how does all that feel yeah it's it's always something that you hope for and then when it happens you can't believe it happened like you like 
again, this this people have to like it or else it's not going anywhere. And to see that people liked it and responded to it so well um, was great because being in that suit was awful. It was it was hell being <laughs> in that suit. I hated it. And to see that people liked it and enjoy the movie just makes it worth it. Again, a lot of these movies like Pants Labyrinth and Hellboy, uh, I love those movies. And you always hear about people complaining being in the suits. You're like, oh, man, are they just making up excuses? Are they just being dramatic? But it's actually horrible being in the suit. But when people enjoy the movie and when people start like, you know, you see the artwork coming out, the fan art and people doing their own adaptations of it. And then, yeah, the comic book, you're like, all right, you know, that little suffering's worth it. You kind of create a little piece of culture, as silly as it is. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it makes it worth it. So. I would have to say if that didn't happen, I don't think I'd jump back in the suit, but seeing people's responses, I'm like, okay, I might be able to, you know, do another 30 days. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, uh, now that you've brought up the suit, uh, if you want to bring up the issue that you had on set, you can, I'm not going to out you. That's up to you, but I have to ask you, oh, um, were you serious so about issues. having a, well, were you serious about having a uh, butt flap on the costume if there is a sequel? Oh, no. <laughs> is there going to be I, a contract stipulation? <laughs> no, there there is going to be a contract stipulation because I didn't eat when I, like, the one time, um, I think it was day three of filming, and Steve warned me. He's just like, just so you know, it's fun being in the suit for the first two hours, and then all of a sudden something hits you, and and you'll hate it, and it'll be the worst thing you've ever experienced. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He didn't tell me it was going to be diarrhea. That's he never brought that up. <laughs> like it literally got to a spot where I was overheating, and then I just knew, uh, like we're halfway through the day, and I just looked at Steve and I looked at Chris, uh, who's his other uh, guy that helps him on makeup. And I was like, you know, guys, if you don't get me out of the suit right now, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna splatter it. Like it is going to be, it is going to be spilled <laughs> to the max. Uh, like I need out right now. And I'm not being dramatic. Like you have, like I'm giving you like a timer. So they got me out, and I basically just pulled that suit down to the ankles, and I just, I was, yeah. We held production because I was in the bathroom just shitting myself. So um, basically, I overheated, and then after that day, I was like, I'm not eating anything. So I went 28 days, and I would not eat uh, while I was in the suit. So I would not get into the suit mm. until I was like, I'm empty. I'd go the whole day, just drink a little bit of Gatorade just to keep me going. And then at the end of it, I'd get out of the suit and I'd eat all my food then. And then that was it. And it was like, so sometimes it would be like 16, 17, 18 hours a day that I'm like, I'm not risking this because that is a horrible feeling needing to use the bathroom urgently and being wrapped up in foam and uh, paint and yeah, all that jazz. It was just, ugh. Yeah, it scares me yeah, putting damn. the suit on sometimes. So yeah you're damned so, yeah, if you're doing your damn that was, that was a like, long dude. story to get to the butt flap so yeah butt flap yeah. <laughs> oh um but yeah yeah um so um i wanted to ask you um like well i was i was but going back to what we were saying i'm sorry um so it's like I was gonna say. It's like you're damned if you're do you're damned if you're doing you're damned if you don't because it's like you're either starving yourself or you're like you know not starving yourself and then like having like other issues so it's like i guess yeah. you know that's that's definitely you definitely suffered playing the role yeah it is it's definitely a mental game and like kudos to people who do this like on a regular basis so so far i've only played i've played three monsters to date and 
and it is it's a grilling so yeah well uh you can tell that pg was one of those films that was like fun as hell to make can you uh tell us you know something that uh like what's the funniest thing that happened on set or behind the scenes oh my gosh um so many things for me things that brought me joy uh zombie cop i still don't know the guy who played it but he made me laugh like on set i was <laughs> yes. legit laughing i'm like you are funny and we need more of you. And I want zombie cops to come back uh, because he just made the day easier. Um, he was just so nonsensical. And um, I think there's a couple things. Like one, we were in Jesse's, the producer's backyard and he dug this whole grave, but I'm pretty sure he dug into his septic tank. So you had all of these, um, like they took a backhoe and like took it all, like dug out like 15 feet deep. But I'm pretty sure we hit like sewage lines and then you had zombies who are rolling around in that whole nightmare sequence out in the backyard scene. You know what I'm talking about? That smelled like mm -hmm. absolutely sewage. And so we found out later that all these <laughs> zombie guys are rolling around in like, I'm pretty sure human feces. So that made me laugh because I'm like, oh. that's funny. Like, that's really gross. <laughs> and there's a couple of them that I'm like super it's committed to the rolling around. I'm just like, all right. Um, and then the other it's, things I just it's only funny if it's of, not you. Yeah, well, I was stepping in it. I was like up to my <laughs> knees in it. I'm like, I've been suffering this whole movie. So to see other people suffer just kind of, I don't know, made me happy. I don't know. That makes me a horrible person. Probably does. Um, but uh, <laughs> the other things I scared every crew member really badly. On that was my goal. I just went through. I'm like to get through it. I'm like I need to scare people. So I would just hide in very random places. Um, in closets so that when people like i knew they were going to go into that closet at some point i would just wait there so that when you open that door there's a psycho gorman just scared like staring at you and pedestrians anytime we went somewhere my goal was to scare as many people or make it as awkward as possible because again if you're not like if you're not um ready to see a purple monster and you just see that out of nowhere it's very um unnerving so yeah mm-hmm and you're in costume too, so you can you can fuck around and nobody really knows it's you, so you can kind of have fun knows. with it, you know. So nobody that works, knows. works perfectly. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, so much fun. Well, um, besides your own costume, uh, what's your favorite costume or creature in the film? Um, I, I, I love the the brain in the jar. Whoever that, whatever that troll is in the council, <laughs> where that mouth just comes down. And like, He's like in there for a second, but he steals it from me. I think he's so funny. Um, yeah, he's my favorite. I want his backstory. Awesome. Yeah, I want to know where all, he came they're... from. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, me too. Um, uh, well, how was it working with uh, Nita and Owen? Um, I imagine that they had a lot of fun with you, and you had a lot yeah. of fun with them. <laughs> Nita and Owen are, are legit great, and they uh, they really made filming uh, enjoyable and passed the time. There were some times that they actually drove me bonkers because they just get to be free and just run around and just like, oh, I'm acting, and I'm stuck in a suit just starving myself. So just imagine all that energy when you're hangry. There's some scenes I'm like, can I just – can I just – so some of it wasn't acting with them. I was like, I could legit strangle you right now, and I wouldn't feel bad about it. Uh, but they were joys and uh, <laughs> Owen and I uh, had a lot of fun again he's just a little bit older than my own son so um, 
it was it was just great to hang out with him and uh, he's going to be a great actor i'm very excited for both of them for their careers because like Owen, I know his his career's taken off, and he has been booking a lot of cool projects. And they're very talented. They're very good at what they do, and um, very yeah, working with them was awesome. So Nita is who she is. Yeah, they were very that convincing girl, in the movies. Nita on screen is who Nita is off screen. So I just need to say that some days that can be a little much, <laughs> but she is the star of the show, and uh, and she knows it. So yeah. Yeah, they did great jobs, uh, you know, like, and, and that's the thing. I see a lot of people, you know, like, I, everybody loves the movie, but, like, I see a criticism here and there, and it's like, you know, oh, she was annoying, you know, and I'm like, that was the point. That's the freaking point. She's not supposed to, like, yeah. she's supposed to be the nagging, annoying sister, you know, and that's, it's hilarious. She did a great job, as yeah. did Owen, and uh, I wanted to ask you, how um, how did they handle, like, seeing gore and stuff, like, with your, your fight with Pandora at the end? Like, how how were they reacting, or were they not on set when that happened? No, I think like at the end of the day, by the time we got to that fight, we filmed so much stuff. Like you have to remember they had, they watched the whole bucket of blood, 500 liters being <laughs> shot at me. Like by that time, you're so desensitized that these kids are just like, oh, this is, this is just, you know, sugar and corn syrup and like red food dye. Like it's, uh, the, yeah. And that fight scene, they, I think, I think we filmed like a, that fight scene was like a 20 hour day. It was absolutely nuts that day. So everyone was just so sleep deprived. that I don't even think they noticed half the stuff <laughs> that was going on. Cause everyone's <laughs> just like, all right, where are we going? We're playing crazy ball now. Like it's like, you have to remember like crazy ball and the fight scene all happened in the same day. Like it was just, it was such a crazy, like it's just a whirlwind. Oh my God. So like the scene with me on the um, couch, where they wrapped me up in a blanket. I was so tired that three mm -hmm. times I fell asleep on set and Nita woke me up. She's like, you're snoring through my lines. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I fell asleep. I was just done. I was like, I'm so exhausted. And I'm ruining the take because I'm snoring. So it's just like, it's fun. That's it's crazy. That's a crazy a ball day. scene yeah. and the, the final fight. That's I didn't know that that took place on the same day. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds yeah. exhausting. Yeah, so it was wow. it was just running around. So and the outdoor fight again, just a one day fight with all those monsters and it was raining and the sun was going down and it was just like go, 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 go. And mm -hmm. there was so much choreography that we just had to give up on just because we we're losing light. So just uh again, just thinking back, I'm like, I don't know how I don't know how they got it. So Yeah, that's uh that's that's wild. Um well, do you have a favorite line in the movie? Like a favorite quote? Like it doesn't have to be your own. Oh. Oh my gosh, there's so many good ones. I love the hunky I know, right? boy line. <laughs> like the hunky boy like when I read that in the script, I just died laughing. Um, I love that whole sequence. The, yeah, the hunky boy is great. Frig off is great. Um, lazy Susan just <laughs> that line uh i don't think it, it wasn't in the scripts when i heard it i'm like oh my gosh that's so freaking corny but <laughs> it just made me laugh so much um so there's so many hungry boys just i think that was just so good and i think it's just iconic so yeah i i agree it's just uh like you know yeah <laughs> excuse me yeah asking you that question it seemed like it was as hard for you as it was for me when i wrote that uh 
question to ask you. I was like, man, there's so many. That movie's just riddled with them, like from the start of the movie. Like, yeah, the, it's the just, movie's one, just hilarious. Like, I wish you were dead. Like, there's so many things that I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, this is so much fun. So, and again, um, to, for, for your first monster movie to have a monster that has all this, all these juicy lines, is just so funny. Like, it's just <laughs> like most monsters are in the shadow. They don't have any lines. You know, they have a couple scares, a couple roars, and that's it. So Psycho Gorman's a whole beast of his own with just line after line after line. So, yeah, absolutely. And that 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 was like the the funny thing is that like he's not supposed to be funny, but he is funny. It's it's, it's the dark humor of it. It's like he's dead serious of what he's saying, but the the way yeah. like the situations that he's in is like how it's hilarious because like he's like he's used to being this freaking like warlord, you know, this like mm-hmm. this this like this just like you know, and, and then all of a sudden it's like he's just controlled by kids and it's like nothing that he says is, is affecting them and he's used to like dolly you know destroying planets so it's it's freaking hilarious yeah yeah um okay well what's the probability of a sequel uh is there serious talk about it or is it just like an idea floating around no there's there's serious talk they uh, i don't know what i'm allowed to say um but they they've run a bunch of ideas i've seen a couple things a couple treatments uh I'm excited. Uh, they have some really, really fun ideas um, coming down the pipeline. So I'm like, man, if any, if any of these things happen, I know Shutter's loving the film. So it's it'd be really on them um, if something gets made. And the fans, the more the fans keep being the champion of it, the bigger the chances. I'm jumping back in that suit with a butt flap, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's really in the fans' hands. So if people like the movie, it's gonna going to have a sequel um they've been really happy with the response from it and people people got it it was a risk a lot of like i think of people that don't like it legitimately just don't understand uh what's trying Correct. to be made and 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 the jokes and and uh and i actually think in a couple of years you know a light will go off and like oh now and you know people's people's humor grows so i i do think more it's going to build an audience more and more and more and uh yeah. So in short, I hope there's a sequel. I really do. I think there's a good chance it will be. Well, trust me. You know, we hope that there's a sequel as well. And uh, I got to ask you, if there is a sequel, is there anything like have you brainstormed? Is there anything you know that that you want to pull off in the sequel? Like anything you like? I mean, obviously nothing that's planned or that you know. If you've already had talks about things you know that you can't speak about, that's fine. But anything like that you've thought of, or like, man, if there's a sequel, I would really like to do something like this. Like, you know, like, uh, is there any I ideas of your brainstorm? I think we've spent so much time with Nita's family that if we could go into a universe where we can meet some of PG's family, I would be, I'd be very excited with that. I think that would be a lot of fun if there was a universe that we could explore not the whole time but to meet maybe some siblings that would just bring me or a mom or dad like who are the people who made this character i would love to meet them um but yeah but nita's going to be um older now so that's a whole it's a whole different uh ball game and i hope they make something soon because um uh, she's no longer a kid she's she's a teenager which has a whole host of of uh storylines that you can go with so i I just hope things move and uh, and then we get filming soon. So before they turn into full blown adults. <laughs> and uh, did you have a favorite kill uh, from from the movie? What favorite kill? That's a shoot. I love the scene where um, 
which Master gets just eaten. Like just seeing that that puppet head for PG, how big it gets and how that mouth just encompasses. I'm sorry, that's like that was just like when I read that, I'm like, how are they gonna do it? And then when I saw them building the pieces, I'm like, they're doing it. Like this is nuts. This is absolutely crazy. And then being on set, seeing it happen, and then seeing the final product, and uh, I love that mouth piece. It was so cool. So that's my favorite, just because of all the work that went into it. That's my favorite kill for sure. Yeah, that's and that's a good time, one. Every time Zombie Cop has tried to kill himself with his own gun. <laughs> <laughs> I love Zombie Cop. It's such yeah. it's such a dumb character, but I love him. Yeah, you know. And uh, those fight scenes. What was it like trying to actually do the fight scenes inside of the suits? Uh, well, punches don't hurt as much when you're covered in foam, so that's nice. So when things actually hit you, uh, it's like, oh, that that wasn't too bad. The only thing is, is there was a scene that I get hit by a bat, and they said the bat wasn't going to hurt. That thing hurt, and it kept on doing it. And I was just like, hey, guys, this hurts. <laughs> like, because, uh, man, she would just come up, and she would just wail on me with that thing. I'm like, okay, are we done this yet? Because I'm bruising, and we're, like, at the beginning of the movie. This bat is, like, it's rubber, but still, it, it had a had a zing to it. But, uh Fight scenes were, were fun. It, again, like it's hard to move in them. It's hard to move in the suit. So, uh, but I had I had such a blast when we got to the final uh, crazy ball fight. Um, I was so happy because most of the day I'm just locked into this pose of like not moving because every time I move I break the suit. Like if I move this way, it rips here. Makeup has to come. They put a new piece of flesh on there. They glue it all up, and they're like, can you not move anymore? So you just you stand there kind of miserable. So when you did the fight scenes, I'm allowed to actually move. I'm allowed to, like, rip the suit and feel so good. It's, like, the best. So, yeah, more fight scenes. <laughs> and with Crazy Ball, did you have fun playing Crazy Ball? Crazy Ball was so fun. I I straight up, I was trying to... Uh, I was trying to hit people. <laughs> I wasn't holding back at all. Like I'm like I'm going for headshots. Okay. <laughs> so, and uh, you've played monsters before, you said, but I believe this is the first time you've had to do it in the foam latex. Uh, so this is so. And let me clarify. Uh, since PGs, the other monsters. So this is my first monster character. Is is Psycho Gorman? Yeah. And was this the only one you did the foam latex for? Yeah, so this is the whole foam latex and all glued down to the body. So this was my first experience. And uh, I remember calling my agent partway through and just like, you did not tell me this was going to be this bad. And uh, she told me to suck it up, Buttercup. And uh, here we are. <laughs> it, sa- it sounds like the right call was made. I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah, no, it, it was great. It was great. So, and again, you, you don't know how to explain it to somebody. It's like wearing somebody else's skin on your body all day. Like, how how else do I communicate that to you? And then you're sealed in, and all your sweat just kind of permeates and has nowhere to go. And then when they open it up, you have a, and it's just like, oh, that's me. And then by day thirty, <laughs> you're like, oh, that's thirty days of me. Like, it's just like, it, it's gnarly. So. Uh, and now when you were in the scenes, did you speak yourself and they later dub over it or were you just lip syncing while they played it? No, no. So they, so I did the whole movie and then they dubbed it over uh, in post. 
And uh, were there any scenes like you filmed and then when you saw them, they were even funnier than you thought they were when you filmed them? Uh, the whole, to be honest, the whole time I was, it was, it was nervous because you don't know, like I thought in my head, I'm like, oh, this could be funny. This could be good. Um, and, and you hope for it. Like, I'm very happy with how things came across. Um, there's always, you know, like, like if it's funny on set, sometimes it's not funny in the movie. And, uh, and that's, that's always the thing that kind of scares me is like, if you're making a joke and people are laughing on set, I'm like, is it going to, is it going to still work? Because you can be so tired on set and you just think something's funny. Cause you're just, you're just tired. Like just that nonsensical ha 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 ha. Yeah. So I was very happy that a lot of the jokes that were funny on set still came across and for all the characters and, uh, and that it wasn't a problem. Like they had to cut scenes out that were hilarious just because of timing um and things that like i just i love like there's a whole singing scene of psycho gorman that is actually super super funny uh but just for timing just like all right we just don't have time for this i'm like well i hope we get to explore this uh another time so but yeah, uh, yeah you, always, you always hope you always hope that's gonna be funny and uh yeah and uh speaking of music and uh how much fun did you have doing the hunky boy video hunky boy video amazing the drum the drum video was uh fantastic uh i and there's a little music um the the scene in the garage where we actually got to you know jam out that was one of my favorite days on set because i play drums horribly and but i love playing them so i'm like let's go <laughs> I, yeah it's one of the funniest parts of the entire thing it's, it's yeah. just the hunky boy video yeah and uh, now, with movies you've directed and you act in, uh, they encompass a lot of genres. Uh, were you a horror fan before you did uh, Death on Scenic Drive? Um, so, I'm not like I always. I'm always afraid to say this. I like movies. I like all movies. So I've always enjoyed the horror genre, and in uh, like I grew up watching, you know, Chucky, and you know, being terrified of these films. But it's not like I collected horror like. Um, like, do you understand? Like, I feel like there's different yep, levels yep, of it. Yep, I, so, yep like, I totally get you. So, I've always like, I watch movies, all movies. So, in my range of movies, is like, I want to be scared, and uh, but then I want to watch some um action movie or I want to watch a foreign, like, I just love stories. I love really well done uh horror movies, and I love action. I love when you can actually put the two genres together. Because uh, I think that's a very rare thing that you can do. Like I really enjoyed Overlord, for instance. I thought that was a, a fun movie where you can kind of jam those two things together. But uh, I would never say I'd be like crazy into horror movies, but I've watched a lot of horror movies before this, if that makes sense. So, so do you have a favorite horror movie? Yeah, I knew that question was coming. And as I was talking, <laughs> I'm like, I should just probably know that this is, but like, no. <laughs> I, 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 I like, uh, Frank, I don't like, I just, uh, there's just, there's just so many, um, cause you can go to the old and classics. Like recently something that just, it's not even, it's not even a horror movie, but anything that has bugs or creatures just freaks me out. Like life, for instance, it's not really a horror movie. I don't know if it is, but that alien in that thing, that freaks the crap out of me. Like, I don't know how to deal with that. And that terrifies me. So like, that is a movie where it's like, if you have the nun, I'm not too much like supernatural doesn't really 
scare me that much, but like an actual organism that could exist that terrifies me. I'm like, never makes Life me want to go. Life was a great like, movie. So, or Jaws. Like, Jaws terrifies me. Like, growing up, Jaws was like, I'm never going swimming. I'm from the East Coast. I lost two summers of my life because of Jaws. I'm like, I'm never going in the ocean. <laughs> like, I'm not. It's done. It's a done deal. And, uh, yeah, so. So Spielberg had a real effect on you. Spielberg is great. I love Spielberg. <laughs> I think what he does is fantastic. So, And uh, we definitely appreciate you joining us today. And uh, do you have any projects upcoming? I have a couple of things uh, upcoming. I uh, worked on another. So I don't even know what I'm allowed to talk about. It's so weird. It's so weird working on stuff and not knowing if you're supposed to talk about it. Um, but uh, so Steve is working on another project that uh, I was working on with him, which I can't even talk about. And, uh, and then Chris, um, who was also Chris Nash, who is helping Steve with the makeup, is doing his own movie, which is really cool. And uh, I just was acting in that as well. And that's going to be going on Shutter. I can't even say what it is. So uh, <laughs> Shutter's been killing it lately with the Shutter's movies. killing it. And then my movie is not maybe could go to Shutter. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. So we made a film during the <laughs> pandemic, and it may or may not be on Shutter uh, in December. So. <laughs> it's like it's so weird i'm like man i I made this it's done let's hype this but uh you never know what you're supposed to talk about uh but after i was done uh doing pg i asked uh steve i'm like hey can you make a monster for my movie and he's like i got all your stuff i can make you a monster so we talked about uh, some design so i actually got to direct and be the monster in uh, a movie that will be going or may not be going to shutter for christmas so yeah we'll see it's the worst plug you could ever do. Just all <laughs> vague, mysterious. Gosh. Anyway. Well, yeah. is there is there anywhere online that anybody could follow you so when you get more concrete details, uh, they can be updated about it? That That's true. Uh, I'm so bad online. No. IMDB. You can see that there's, there's a thing that I'm part of on there that I'm not supposed to talk about, but it's on IMDB, so like... Why is it a big deal? But uh, yeah, we made we made like an action uh, thriller horror movie that I'm very excited about, and uh, it was like our it was our pandemic weekend project that us and the guys just got together and had fun with, and uh, super appreciate Steve because him and Chris uh, just made it made some really cool monsters for me, and uh, yeah, I got to live my dream of being a director and a monster, so it's cool. Different than so, uh, very different than uh, Psycho Gorma though, so. Well, uh, hopefully when all that comes out, we'll talk to you again about that. But uh, we definitely want to thank you for being on today. We're huge fans of Psycho Gorman, and we definitely hope it does get a sequel. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you again. Take care. Thanks to the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. Thanks to Matthew Nineber for joining us as well. Drew and I, again, we can't say enough good things about Psycho Gorman. And Matthew, I hope they do get you those butt flaps. Hashtag PG butt flaps. <laughs> and if you haven't, make sure to check out Psycho Gorman now, available on Shutter. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at High on Horror 420. You can email us at highonhorror420 at gmail.com. 
make sure to stop by our website, highonhorror.com, and you can sign up for our newsletter to get the latest episodes and guest announcements rolled into your inbox. And that'll about wrap her up. Catch you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.